our good friend Julie George, she says it all the time. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Simply what you do. Don't don't try to overcomplicate it. A lot of people walk in these banks. I mean, unless you're in a vacation, and, and I want to explain it too, unless you're in a vacation rental market, yes, you can go to the bank and tell them, hey, I have a vacation rental, and they'll they can appraise it off that. And a lot of times people think that, and I always tell people there's a difference between short-term rental and vacation rental. A short-term rental in the middle of Ohio isn't going to appraise as a, with Airbnb numbers as a vacation rental down in Destin, Florida or Orlando. You know what I mean? So we're mm-hmm. not there yet, but it's coming. So you have to just kind of keep it simple when you're, when you're going for those refis. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. E, what is up? My brother, so good to be here. So good to see you guys. Finally, we have Micah on the show. I made a joke earlier online. I haven't had to chase somebody down this hard since high school when I used to be into girls that were not into me. But having said that, I am super excited to have him on. He's a, he's a good friend of ours and just a great hustler and just a super cool dude all around. Friend with him on, on Instagram and just good, good content, keeps you motivated. He's out hustling. So it just it's just good, man. And I also, I really miss doing back-to-back shows. Mm. It, it gets me super fired up. I'm probably going to regret this because it's... Uh, 10 p.m. here um so i'm gonna be all fired up and have to go to bed but the good thing about spain is that nothing closes so i can go out for dinner um as soon as this is done so life is good man i i can't complain i love it i love it yeah and for the listeners if you guys haven't joined the free facebook group join it because we stream these episodes live in there and it gives you a chance to ask our amazing guests like Micah, your questions at the end of every episode. So you get a little behind the scenes banter before the episode, and then uh, you get a chance to ask me questions and it's totally free. So you can check out that link in our bio. We'll have it down in the show notes. So make sure you join that. We've got a rapidly growing community, super active people in there. E and I are throwing nuggets in here and there too. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. So with that being said, um, Let's get right into it. I don't waste any more time. We've been we've been chasing Micah forever, so I, I can't wait for this interview. So uh, today, like he was saying, we have our good friend Micah Artis on with us. Uh, we connected on Clubhouse, I don't know, probably six or seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got to know each other, hosted a bunch of rooms together. Dude is the real deal. He's got, I don't know, he owns three arbitrages over 400 properties. I mean, he, the dude, the dude is a total stud. Probably the most humble host with hundreds of units I've ever met in my life, but he is the real deal. And uh, he's here to share his experience with you guys. And I'm curious because I actually do not know your backstory. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing this. So without further ado, Micah, welcome to the show, man. 
Thank you for having me on, man. It's been awesome. Thank y'all. It's actually been an honor to meet you guys and meet people like you through Clubhouse because, man, it's actually helped me grow. Uh, but yeah, how we got started, we started in 2016. And the reason we started, man, I was a, I was a contractor. Um, I was a contractor and I just jumped, helped job, uh, jump job to job. And I, I loved it that way because you were making a little bit more money. But it was just like you have these two streams of income. My wife works, I work. You don't have time, any time for your family. You know, you're working all the time. So we were, we went to a uh, rich dad, poor dad seminar and we're like, look, we got to create some more streams of income. So we went there, you know, you pay the $200 package to get in. We went there. And then of course they try to sell you this $45,000 package. We're like, hell no. So, <laughs> cause everything they were teaching us, we're like, we can go to bigger pockets and learn this for free. So my wife, she was getting her hair done one day and she's like, you know, the prop we have, we already had a property, but she's like, if we want to get further into real estate, we should look into Airbnb. And I'm like, okay. So my wife, she's the uh, relationship builder and me, I'm the executioner. I have to do the anal analysis and execute. So I I'd analyzed it. I went and looked up Airbnb numbers. I'm like, hmm. So I could win a place out for $70 a night, have a mortgage for 700, 10 nights, we're making money. I'm like, okay. So the first thing we did, we went and bought a uh, condo up here in North Arlington, probably directly across the street from the Cowboy Stadium, right by all the water parks. We put it on Airbnb, we're up, we're moving, like we're booked out. We have people coming for the Michigan game, everything, man. We were probably cash flowing. I think we were doing like 3X the rent on that place, or 3X the mortgage on that place. So they ended up shutting us down because it was an HLA, of course, you know, learning lesson if it's an HLA, walk away or check the bylaws. So they shut us down. But we were, um, we went to Vegas, we were out in Vegas, and we were using uh, one of our my parents timeshare to travel, right? So we're out there, we're at the timeshare, and I'm there. And I'm like, I wonder if we could rent this place on Airbnb. And she's like, try it. So I went in timeshare, and I read the fine print, and they have all this bonus vacation time that you can just grab anytime you want and just re-rent it or use it for yourself. So I was like, okay, let me try that out. So I put this timeshare on, uh, on Airbnb in Vegas. Man, gets booked quick. I'm like, oh, wow. But there's more rooms at this timeshare. So I put some more rooms up there. It gets booked. So between February of 2017 to December of 2017, I think we had probably almost about 100 listings because I was just sitting there copying and pasting these listings on the Airbnb after I found out we could do this. And then uh, after that, uh, we ended up getting doing my house, my first house I ever owned. We got that house because uh, my uh, parents had moved from where I'm from, Portland, back to Little Rock. They stayed there a while, then they moved out. So I had a vacant house, right? So I'm like, okay, got to pay the mortgage there. So we put that one on Airbnb and it was moving. So we ended up uh, doing a burst strategy on another one in that same area. That one's been moving for us. And then in the last seven months, I decided to start doing partnerships in order to grow a little bit faster. So in the last seven months, we've done a 18-unit partnership between Dallas, Houston, Dallas and Houston, and we've just been rolling ever since, man. And uh, I plan on putting in my two weeks, February of next year, to be completely done and just hang out with my family and keep growing the business, man. So that's where I'm at now today. Dude, <laughs> so you have 400 units and you still have a job? Yeah. See, and this is what happened. You are the ultimate hustler. That is insane. <laughs> that is insane. So this is the thing about the 400 units, the 400 units, they used to make a killing back in like a year and a half ago. So what happened a year and a half ago, uh, the timeshare has caught on to what I was doing. And I guess they caught on because like other people were doing it, 
but I guess they just weren't doing it like me. I was sitting there duplicating these listens and just putting them all up. So what they did was they were like, uh, we're going to start charging you guys to send guests to this place, right? So they charged us a hundred bucks, which was cool. Okay. I just put a hundred dollar resort fee on there. But after COVID hit, the resorts haven't quite opened back up yet. They're very slow. So I'm waiting for that the resort to open back up, but I'm still, we still get reservations here and there, but it's not like how it was. So we're still waiting on it to jump back. But yeah, I plan on being done here soon. Uh, we got a few right now. We're doing two more houses. So I plan on being done soon. Wow. That's yeah. wild. So can you, can you elaborate on that? Cause I haven't heard that strategy. So you don't own these timeshares, mm-hmm. right? So how does, how is this working? Can you like break that down for me? So the thing with timeshares, most people think timeshares, they think two weeks or a week at a certain place for a week, which is how most timeshares work. But what you have to do is what people don't know is when you own the deed to a timeshare, that deed controls thousands of properties around the globe. You just have to read the fine print. So what I did was I found out how many properties they controlled. I was able to just go in, I'll go online, find out when I could take that, that time and just start putting it on Airbnb. So all the timeshare is, is a deed. Once you find out what's in that deed, you find out what, what you can control in that deed. And you pay like, so I, I pay like 150 mm-hmm. a month for that, for over 400 properties. I get access to 400 properties for 150 bucks a month. And then my, my the vet, now the best part about the timeshare is this. Every time I send someone on vacation, I swipe my credit card, my chase card, right? And I get three times the points on every person I send. So let's say I have a reservation for 500 bucks. The Airbnb is going to pay me like 800 to a thousand. And then I'm also going to get 1500 points to go travel. So if I do that 30, 40 times a month, then I can, I can, I, that's why I take a, we, me and my wife take a vacation every other month of the year, just because we can simply do it for free and we don't pay for anything. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you're, you got, you got tapped into, into this because your your parents own own a timeshare so that's how you have access to the deed so you have to technically own a timeshare or mm-hmm. somebody in your family has to own a timeshare correct for you to okay so now all of the listeners that are like me they think that people that own timeshares are kind of suckers because that's my my view of timeshares now is your chance to go back to your aunt and uncle and be like hey Guys, I know that I made fun of you for the timeshare thing back in the day, but actually there is this great thing that I heard on the podcast because that's absolutely amazing. So what you said also there with the credit cards, because you technically are paying the resort and then Airbnb pays you. So then you pay off your card and then you're just doing it that way. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. So I'm and arbitraging my they do you. Yeah. And they do the cleaning for you. There's a full staff for the timeshare, like who, like that. So yeah, so you're not worried about cleaning team, you know, turnover BNB and anything. You're not. I simply yeah. swipe wow. a card, put their name on a reservation. Actually, I don't even do it anymore. My partner down in uh, Argentina does it. They swipe the card, put their information on, send them. They don't even have to send us anything else. We tell them, hey, here's the front desk number. If you have any issues, call the front desk. Go to the front desk. Anything's broke. If any, now, if anything's broke, they'll sometimes come to us, but we just tell them, hey, uh, we just call the front desk. We've let them know of your problem, and they just go to the front desk, and they fix it. If something's broke with the unit, it's like 50, 60 units there. They'll just move them to another unit. So I thought you, with a timeshare, I thought, like you said, you get like a week. So how do you get all these people 
into 400 units if you only get one week to use those 400? So there's not a, that's, that's for some timeshares. What you do is there's a thing in all timeshares called, it's two things called inventory special and bonus time. Bonus time is last minute time that they have like this week right now. We have a bunch of dates, a bunch of rooms open and we need to sell them, right? So they'll tell all the people that own timeshares. Most people don't read their emails or check. They'll tell you, hey, we got these rooms. You just take them and put them on Airbnb that week. So my for my uh, VA, Sundays and Wednesdays, he just goes and updates all the calendars with all the new availability. And then those days get booked. And then you're probably going to be boosted to the top of the list because you have these really nice places. These places have pools, uh, top of the line amenities, gyms, uh, foosball tables. And you get to the top of the list on Airbnb and people book them. So you like basically bang out a listing, get a four day booking and then shut it down or block it off. Uh, well, it depends on how many rooms they have. Let's say they have 20 rooms available. We'll list them all or open them all up. Damn. And so is this is this all in, in one Airbnb account? You have multiple Airbnb accounts? All my timeshares are in one. I need to change it up. But yeah, they're in one. I got to change that up because that's been on my to-do list. I'm like, man, I just dread doing it, but I'm going to have Yeah, my- no kidding. Like how many, like, yeah, no, like I dread doing things when I have to like change like <laughs> three things and you have 400. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit speechless. I'm, I'm going to need to take a sip of water one second and then we can keep going. So uh, I'm going to go deeper on this because we have not had anybody do this strategy before. So I got I to gotta keep unpacking a little bit. So uh, once you have that listing up, somebody stays there. Mm-hmm. Do you keep that listing going and just block the calendar? Like, would you know if that same exact unit came up again or do you just constantly create new listings? Well, let's say that same exact unit, let's say he books today to Monday, right? But I have another list, another, all the units are the exact same. That's how they build the timeshare out, right? Right. So let's say I have another two bedroom, two bath that he's in, but the days are still available at another unit. I'll just create another, another listing. Now let's say someone else, let's say there's days still available after that. Somebody else can come in behind the first guy and book the unit he's in when he checks out. Kind of get what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. Because technically he's doing, because they're all hotels. So all the units look the same. So he's banking on what the hotels kind of bank on is the fact that you're, you're going to be happy regardless because everything looks, looks yes. the same. You have the same so amenities. I, I don't care. You can go to, yeah. The same, same furnishing, amenities. same bedding, same yep. everything. And their model and what I did with the timeshare model, I took their model of how they set up their units and then I moved it exactly over to how I set up my houses because I took, I learned everything how they set it up. Like that's how I knew. I think we were talking on clubhouse one time, Mike, and you were like the two bedroom model is the biggest jump. I learned that so quick with the timeshares. If you have a one bedroom, yeah, it does great. But if you have a two bedroom, that's your sweet spot. The three bedrooms are okay, but the two bedrooms kill everything. Like, at the timeshare, especially like on vacation, if you have a two bedroom, two bedroom, two bath, it will kill a three bedroom, two bath because there's not as many people traveling to that, that, to that type of model. The two bed, mm-hmm. king mm-hmm. and the master, queen or twin beds in the second room with the Murphy bed in the living room, that's like the best setup in the short-term rental space. Mm. It's interesting. I was talking mm-hmm. to one of, one of my students 
he's a, he's an agent down in the Tampa area. So he's been, we were talking offline about this, but he's been looking for a beach house for us. Cause that's the next purchase I want to do with something down near like Sarasota. And we were analyzing numbers and in my head, I'm like, all right, if I get at least a four bed, that's going to net me the most amount of money. But then when I did the numbers, the three beds were making more than the four beds. And I was like, how the hell is that possible? But in certain markets, that's why you got to do your homework. Like mm -hmm. certain markets, it's like more people are gravitating towards the three beds, you know, somewhere around that 10 to 12 guests that can comfortably sleep in a three bed as opposed to a four, five, six, eight, ten 10 bedroom house. I mean, these things were doing 300 grand a year for a easy. three bedroom. Yeah, easy. And I just had someone on my podcast. Um, she's out in uh, Orlando. It's very market dependent. Now, those three, now, five bedrooms in Orlando kills it because the people coming for Disney is a family as a group. So that market research is huge. Um, another place I know where the two bedrooms are just a straight killer is uh, up in uh, the Poconos. Those two bedrooms, man, they kill, they kill three bedrooms. It's weird. I'm like, what? But it's just the market, man. It's who, it's, you have to, yeah, mm -hmm. as our friend Jay Maxey would say, you got to know who you serve. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's oh good. That's fascinating. No, I was. Say I'm, I apologize. I thought I. No, could. I'm still shocked. I'm I'm still coming back. To my mind to, is just going. I'm like. Yeah, it's so many opportunities and and just yeah, fascinating. Yeah, it, it, that's why I love the short-term rental space. There's so many ways to be creative. You know, uh, the management model, the arbitrage model, the uh, the owning model. If you own right, you know, I love the the creativity and that's. That's really what, when I, we learned the timeshare thing, I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize you could do this. And we don't even have to, there's no upfront capital, you know, um, and, and the, the those that want to do it, you can literally buy a timeshare for a dollar off eBay or a thousand. It, it'll probably come out to like a thousand dollars after they deed it to you. Cause it's just like closing on a house. You're closing on a deed. So for a thousand dollars, you'll have that back in two weeks, a week, really. I feel like that could be a huge opportunity if people do it right, because there's all these services now to get people out of timeshares because they don't want them and they don't know how to get out. It's like, dude, just give me that thing. I'll take it. I'll exactly. pay. It. I'll take it. Or that's exactly what it is. Whatever. So, so how do the, is there different? So you're just in one specific company that has the 400, like, or is there an, an association of, of worldwide timeshares? How, how does that work? Like, do you go wow. to a specific company mine is one company um i use the world mark company um there's other companies out there that do it but the world marks the one i'm familiar with i know a lot of people like to use rci um i've heard some people be successful with rci uh i've had a couple of one i have a one other person on my podcast named sue who does it i believe with rci uh, but yeah i do it with one company that gives me access to everything and most of these time excuse me most of these timeshare companies they're partnered up you know what i mean like world marks partnered with wyndham so you can, if you have a Wyndham, you'll have access to whatever's over in Worldmark. You know what I mean? Mm. It's really about reading the fine print. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm, I'm asking you this selfishly, but I want to know for the listeners. So if, what are some of the things to look out for when somebody's reading through that fine print? Are there certain things that you would look for? Like if, whether it's restrictions or certain access, I guess, because I'm still trying to put the pieces together. Like what are some things to avoid if you're going to go that route? Uh, first thing to avoid is the time. Make sure you're, make sure you don't get suckered into one of those ones that say, "Hey, we'll give you one week at the Oregon coast, 
and then you're done for the week and you have to wait for points. That's the first thing you need to notice. Uh, honestly, the first thing you want to ask them, if you're going to go buy a timeshare, even if you're buying it off eBay, ask the seller, hey, do you have inventory special and bonus time available on your timeshare deed? And what they'll do, most people, the people selling it, they're going to probably be like, I don't know what that is. And just tell them, hey, call your timeshare and just ask them. And they'll tell them. That's the main thing. That's Those are the two things you want. Mm. Well, we're going to be cutting that up into a snippet for sure. Because that's, <laughs> that's a nugget and a half right yeah. there. Yeah, that's basically all you need. Yeah. And you have access to that time. All you want is access to the time. And also ask them if they have any guest pass so you can make sure you can you get guest passes that you can send guests on vacation with. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, I have less headache out of those than all of my other units. Yeah. Of the like is less headache. I mean, they have their own team. So if there's issues, it's like, just call the front desk. Exactly. Everything's just point to the front desk. Hey, if they didn't clean correctly, the front desk will move you and then they'll go clean the unit you were in. This is very similar to Braden Ross's model. I don't know if you caught that episode that we did. He's just doing it with the hotels where he's literally taking their inventory and selling it. And then same deal. Guess has an issue? Call the front desk. Call the front desk. Dude, me and him talked on a clubhouse one time and he was like, and I was like, I never thought about doing that with hotels. And he's like, I never thought about doing that with timeshare. I'm like, I know, you know? So yeah, we, and him, we talked on clubhouse for like, we talked on clubhouse one time about that. And I was like, dude, that's so similar to what I do. Mm. You're just yeah. playing a middleman. That's it. Just take so, inventory and sell Yeah. Oh, good. So what came first? Like, how did you, did you get into, in like, you got into the houses first, right? Like you then did the houses and then you went to Vegas. You had this moment in Vegas, had the idea and that's the, how it happened. Uh, the condo came first, the condo we owned, which was a uh, the condo came first. Yeah. We actually flipped that condo. A... Yeah. It got shut down, but we flipped it into yeah, a corporate rental. So we was a corporate rental for like, what, three years, four years. We just 1031 exchanged that condo. I just told you we're working on a unit. We 1031 exchanged that one bedroom, one bath condo into a three bed, two bath house with a garage. And we're going to Airbnb that out. So it. it was a blessing for us. But yeah, well, that's how we got into that first. And then we moved into arbitraging, like the going to the apartment complexes, arbitraging. And now we're doing the arbitrage. And then we use the birth strategy as much as we can. Out of curiosity, and I know what your answer is, but I want the listeners to hear it. So you, you've, you're using a lot of different models. For you, what's your favorite model? Uh, hands down, the birth strategy. That's like, that's the cheapest way to get in and the most profitable. Um, we did a bird last year and man, like once I seen the numbers on it and how fast we were able to just get our money back and then everything was pure profit. It was crazy. Like we bought a house at the, at the end of everything, we pretty much got a house up and running fully furnished for four grand. Wow. That's with buying and we own it and get the equity. The birth strategy is like the, that's like the most, to me, my, my opinion, the most powerful play in the short-term rental space right now. If you can mix those two models, Burr or subject to those two models, you, you can't lose. So again, to unpack a little bit, because this is, I guarantee this is going to be one of the most listened to episodes because there's already been so many nuggets in here. <laughs> so we've talked about it a few times, but just to reiterate, Burr, buy, uh, rehab. rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, right? Correct. Burr. Mm -hmm. If you're comfortable with it, could we talk some numbers on like, what is like, how, 
what's an acquisition cost for some of these? Like, are you doing creative financing or are you just doing traditional like 20, 25% down? Like what, what does that look like for you on like a bird deal? So let me just, I'll just use the last one for example. So the last bird deal, we, uh, we pulled it out of the auction. The reason we pulled it out of the auction because the real estate market is just crazy hot right now. So I'm like, dude, we can't find deals. Wholesalers are giving bad deals, everything. So we pulled it straight out of the auction. We bought it for 47, for 40, 48, I believe. We bought it for 48. We put $24,000 worth of work into it. That 24,000, that included the furniture. We put, we always include the furniture cost in the bird deal. We put 24K into it. So we're all in at about, what, 60 something. It ended up appraising at 95. So we did a refi. We owed like 4,000. And then we pulled, the, we pulled it all out. And then we had four, we owed 4,000. So we ended up getting the whole house for 4,000. And we pulled it out of the auction. Mm. That was the best deal I'd and, ever and, and by the way, we cashed what the- two, two grand. We cash load the two months. We cash load four thousand in total. And that was just off that. So that's yeah. that. So you got the house for yeah. free. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So that's a free house. Exactly, it's a free house. You can't yeah. beat that. Technically, yeah. yeah. Um, are you working with a specific lender that is comfortable with short-term rentals, or are you going to a traditional bank? What are you? What are you guys that's- doing with that? That's the good, that's, that's the good question. Everyone always asks. So what I do when I, I arbitrage the homes that I own and let me break that down. So it looks good to a bank. I, I own the house, right? It's in my name. I then arbitrage that house to my short-term rental company. They run it as an Airbnb, but I make sure to keep a paper trail that my LLC pays me every month. So when mm-hmm. I go to the bank, they ask, Hey, you have income. Yeah, I have, not only do I have my W-2 income, I also have rental income. And then I can go to a traditional lender and get that, that refinance done. Um, a lot of problems mm-hmm. when people ask, hey, how do I refinance this short-term rental property? I tell people all the time, we're not at a place yet where short-term rentals are just being refinanced by banks, but it's coming. It's definitely coming. There's a few people out there. But yeah, I just use it as a traditional rental. I, I make it look like a traditional rental. Mm. So you just have like a corporate lease or whatever. I love that. Your entity. Exactly. The, I, I pretty much use the arbitrage model yeah. on the houses that you own. Mm. I've, I almost thought about doing that with the villas uh, back mm-hmm. like when I couldn't find, when I couldn't find a bank, which now I'm almost, almost done with one, hopefully uh, in the near future. Um, but I was talking to a friend of mine that is also in, in commercial real estate and that's what he said is like just do a master lease to your other company and then start get, making yourself a paper trail and you don't even need that long you need like what three months worth of like just showing that the rent is coming in and then you using that they're usually they're not going to check as long as the thing is it's you have a lease on it that's all they care about and that way you're literally dude yeah, this is going to be one of the most listened podcasts. I might and have I, to re-listen to this podcast too. And I tell people, I mean, it's uh, our good friend, Julie George. She says it all the time. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Simply what you do. Don't don't try to overcomplicate it. A lot of people walk in these banks. I mean, unless you're in a vacation, and, and I want to explain it too. Unless you're in a vacation rental market, yes, you can go to the bank and tell them, hey, I have a vacation rental, and they'll they can appraise it off that. And a lot of times people think that, 
and I always tell people, there's a difference between short-term rental and vacation rental. A short-term rental in the middle of Ohio isn't going to appraise as a, with Airbnb numbers as a vacation rental down in Destin, Florida or Orlando. You know what I mean? So we're mm-hmm. not there yet, but it's coming. So you have to just kind of keep it simple when you're, when you're going for those refis. Mm, that's so good. I think I'm going to use that for myself because my, my condo, I'm not renting it anymore because of an HOA issue. Mm-hmm. So we use it all the time. But now I'm like, damn, I don't think I can write my trips off anymore because every time I go up there, I write it off. Now I'm like, okay, I could rent it to my other company for whatever reason and uh, yeah. still write it off. So I'm going yeah. to leverage it that way. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. So for you, yeah. what I'm curious, like what we were just talking on the last episode about this, he brought it up. You've come a long way in a few years with, with this business. What's what's your vision? What's like your five-year vision for this thing for you guys? In five years, I want to be able to purchase a hotel. Um, and then once I'm done purchasing a hotel, I really, my, my typical day in the next five years, I really want it to be me and my wife. We drop our kids off at school, go to the gym, work our business, go pick our kids up. That's my typical day. That what I want to do in five years. I want to own a hotel to where it's just paying for everything on a constant cash flow basis. I just want everything passive, man. I, I, I grew up watching my parents just like working jobs that they hate. And you just look at that and you're like, I don't want that for myself. And certain times you always can't give the most to your kids. So that's my vision. I, that's, I, I already have like a perfect day planned out of what I want. Mm. And I know I'll be there soon. Mm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Gotta have it. Gotta oh, have you're going to have it. I know you're going to have it. Oh yeah, definitely. I can't I wait. Think it's going to be a lot faster than five years, dude, for you. I think so. I think so, man. Uh, this year has been a real, real good game changer. Just off like the gyms I heard on Clubhouse. Like I, I got to give a shout out to Jay Macy. He, when he told me about Profit First, that's like a game changing book. Like that, that changed the whole perspective. So yeah, I know it'll probably, yeah, it'll be built faster in five years for sure. Mm. Yeah, I love it. You want to add something? I love that? that book. Yeah, no, I love that book. And I think we connected on, on, on IG on that book and it's just like understanding it's just it just completely flips over the whole yeah the whole idea of of what people have been doing for so long right and like I've literally started doing it and like obviously for our listeners that know me Mike knows me I'm not doing it that great but even the most simple like I I I have most of the accounts kind of set up the one that I've been religious with is just moving the profit every week and and it's growing and the business I haven't even you don't feel it right you don't feel it and it's just and it keeps growing and you're just like why have I not done this this entire time right and for those of you that haven't read the book you highly recommend reading it but the concept is it's super simple instead of doing the usual business model that is income minus expenses equals profit and that's what you take home is income take your profit out of it you start with a smaller percentage that kind of grows over time and then you learn how to run your business on everything else and and just to quote julie again right keep it simple stupid and it's and it's such a simple thing but it it works and the, and the beauty of it is that then you have this extra money that then actually I'm supposed to pay it myself now, right? It's like every quarter you take half of the money that you have in your profit account and you 
distributed between between the owners. What's amazing is that that profit account is coming through now, which I, I have a vacation to pay for that is going to get paid from the profits that are coming in from the profit account. Can be. That, that's, that, that's all sauce, right? Like it's just all sauce. And I love it. I love how clear your vision is. And I think that's a, that's a thing that we spend a lot of time talking about. And it's what drives you, right? Like, it's just like when you feel, and, and I'm human, you're human, Mike is human, right? We have days that we wake up and you're like, ugh, today is not the day. <laughs> like, I went to the gym, I meditated, I, I have journaled. I still want to punch somebody in the face. Like, there is just no way around it. Like, it's just, I, that's one of those days. And they don't happen very often, but they happen, right? But it's that big why and having the vision and understanding what you want and having a partner that you want to do it with, like your kids and, and, and everything else, right? It, and it just makes it all worth it. And it gives you that, that, kind of extra kick when you need it and just having the kindness also because that's another thing that i've learned over time is just just be kind when you have those days and, and understanding that hey sometimes you you kind of need them right mm -hmm. um i kind of want to bring us to obviously on the um on the timeshare team uh thing your team looks pretty lean i assume right you just have VA that probably updates your calendar, so on and so forth, but you don't need the rest of the team, like the handyman and, and, and everything else. But on everything else that you do, what does your team look like kind of there? And the other thing that I'd love for you to talk about, since you still have a job, is what kind of technology are you guys using, leveraging? So if you want to touch on that. A little. Okay. So my team, I have a team in Houston. Um, then I have a team in Arkansas. Arkansas teams like superb, like they have it down to a T. I love them. They, they easy. Everything's five-star review cleans on everything. They've got it down to a system Then I have a team here. Um, I do have a cleaning team. I'm still trying to build my team back in Dallas again, because I pulled out of Dallas, then I'm back in it. Um, but as far as tech. Um, so when I started using profit first, I started really going over all the tech I was using and I was trying to make sure I wasn't stepping on my own toes, but I had doubling up on tech and I was. So I got rid of smart BNB. That's one of the things I got rid of. And I just use 100% your reporter. The reason why I love your reporter is because it has a direct booking website feature. And I do tell all people this, just my personal opinion. If you're going to pay a PMS, make sure they're giving you direct bookings. If they're not giving you direct bookings, go somewhere else. Um, so I use your reporter. That handles all, the, all of our messaging, uh, syncs all of our calendars together. Uh, and then I also use like all the automations in there, like the email automations, uh, um, then I also, on the pricing, I use Price Labs and Price Labs syncs up to your quarter. So that's two of the tech stacks. And then to keep in touch with my team, we also use Slack. So like we can get in Slack, communicate with each other. Uh, trying to think what other tech we use because we cut your quarter. Oh, for the timeshares. Now we did shift the timeshares as well to help us cut Smart BNB. We, we integrated over to Airbnb's messaging system. So we started pretty much how he was saying cut expenses and profit first. We're like, okay, let's just use Airbnb's messaging system since they just created one. And it's been a game changer for us. So it's not too much tech that we have. Um, but in the future, I do plan on, I do plan on switching over to Hostfully in the future, just because of the limitations that are on uh, your porter. But we're going to do that in the future, switch over to Hostfully. Mm. 
I love it. Yeah, I, I love them. What about your I've, access? I've been with them for a little while. On the lock side of it. <clears throat> on the what? On the locks, like the access. I'm sure the timeshares have their own deal, but like for mm -hmm. your properties, what are you using for like locks? Or do you have a um, preferred one? We use remote lock 5i. The reason why we love those locks is we can literally go into every single one of our locks just on one app. And we set, uh, like we do timestamps for the cleaners. So we know what time they're showing up. So if a cleaner is showing up at three o'clock and check-ins at four, we see it, you know, it gets sent, it gets an email, uh, not an email, but a text message, which then can get forwarded into Slack. So those are what we like. We like the remote lock five eyes and everything's connected directly to the Wi-Fi. There's no middle hub or any of that. Love that. Does mm -hmm. that automatically create codes for the guests? You guys have to manually do it. No, automatic. It connects directly to, um, what is it? To uh, Airbnb, Verbo. And it also has the best part about it. If you take direct bookings, it has a, uh, a what is it? What's it called? The integration. It's called a uh, iCal. iCal integrates. So you can take your iCal link, sync it over to Remote Lock. So when someone books, it creates them a code and then it grabs their email through the iCal and sends it to them directly. Mm. Yeah, that's like my it. favorite lock. Yeah, it, it, it takes the headache right off. I don't create codes or anything like that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I got to invest in those. I'm, I'm still at the villa, so I still have regular keys. And it's just really? been a thing that we've kind of noticed over time and just an investment, you know? But the thing mm -hmm. is, like, I have 40 doors. So I'm like, ugh, I don't want to. I don't want to buy 40 locks. Yeah, that's it. That's going to, because they're about 200 something a piece, to, but it gives you that peace of mind. <laughs> that's what you're paying for, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I love about them. It's only eight grandy. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my month in Spain is like six. So Ooh, I prefer about that. Priorities right now. Locks, but. Man, you got to start credit card hacking. We'll do, we'll do locks. We'll do locks some other time. Yeah, all of my all of my Airbnb were, were points. My my airline was points and, and everything else was all points. I, I finally it. connected with my with our uh, our buddy Aaron Velke, who's like a, a hacking credit card hacking ninja, and he like set me up with all this stuff. So I got like my MX platinum now and all this stuff. So I can use like the lounges and I got 130,000 bonus points. And I used to get, I deviated me from profit first a little bit though. So the reason I like profit first is I can log into my bank at any point And I just look at that expense account and I know what I have left. But when I switch to the credit cards, it kind of throws a wrinkle in that because I'm putting everything on the credit cards and paying that off every month. So it, it deviates from this system a little bit. Um, so for the newbies, follow this first till you get your money management right and then do the credit hacking stuff. Because I know for me, mm -hmm. if it's too complicated, I, don't, I won't do it. I just know myself. So I needed to simplify and streamline. And now I'm like, okay, I've been doing this for a few years. All I got to do is one extra little step now and get all those points. But yeah, I 100% I, I yeah. agree with what you just said. If you don't, if you aren't disciplined enough, don't do the credit card hacking. Uh, but that is the only part of Profit First that I don't use is because he says don't use the credit cards. But I still have everything on that Amex Gold card, like the automations of like, uh, you know, like all my utilities and things like that. All that goes to that card. But the cool thing about it is I get about two, 300 bucks off a month on utilities because I just put some of those points right back on that. 
on the card. And then I use my Chase business card for my timeshares, and I can just travel for free with that because it brings me enough points. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you get a little break too. Yeah. American Express, the like actual upgrade to the platinum card, it's I waited for the longest time. Aaron was telling me for years to do it. And it's amazing. Because now, for example, we're going back to Barcelona for 48 hours. And if you then go through Amex, so if you don't know the story about Amex, Amex. Oh, no. Yeah, I think cut out. Oh, no. Right when he was going to drop the gym. I know. I'll say one thing that I've really enjoyed about the Amex that has helped me a lot. One thing that I hear me. Yeah, we'll get. I want to just say one thing. The reason that I really like the Amex, right? So I have receipts up the wazoo for different property stuff for my truck, my gas, like whatever. I love the Amex app because I literally open the app. I scan my gas receipt and it automatically tags it to that transaction. And I can tag it like this is my business. This is a specific property. And then I can print out a report or export a CSV file at the end of the month and send it to my bookkeeper. So I know all of these receipts and all these transactions, what property they go to. And it just saves me from having these mountains of receipts that I used to have. Or at one point I would have to email them to my assistant who would then have to upload them. And then I lost a Google drive folder at one point and it was a mess. But now it's like, I have one monthly report that has all the receipts attached to it. And it's just done. Just again, these, when we talk about systems, it doesn't have to be some complicated, crazy thing. It's just, what is a simple process that I can put in place to make my life easier? That's all the system is. Exactly. Um, you no, what I was going to say, yeah, sorry. Um, Amex, if you guys don't know, they used to be a travel company. So back in the day when traveler's checks were a thing, Amex was one of the biggest traveling checks company and a travel company. So their actual travel side of things, they're absolutely amazing. And once you go to the Platinum, you get, so the hotel in Barcelona that I'm going to, I use all my, all my Amex points to book it but then you also get free upgrade you get guaranteed 4 p.m checkout you get guaranteed um free breakfast so there is so many advantages and when you travel there is no more spending 25 dollars for a sandwich at the airport you can go to any lounge and you can literally eat and drink and they give you alcohol so all the american express lounges have amazing food so it literally becomes pretty much super economical to travel because you're getting all of this extra stuff and then i get uber uber credits you get shopping credits in a bunch of places that you can go to so it's just like it's literally a no-brainer for the 500 dollars a year that they actually charge you you get way more just if you if you'd like to travel and you travel like micah once every other month I used to spend like 45, 50 bucks just eating in airports. So you make all of that back. Now, I have a question for you. Is the Amex Platinum better than the gold? Because I just yes. started. It is. Yeah. Okay. You guys just taught me something. Because I just started hacking with the Amex cards. I've been hit hacking with the Chase cards. But okay. No, no. Amex I'll send Platinum. you a link for it, yeah. Micah. I got 130,000 yeah. <laughs> bonus points. 130,000. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you that. 
Yeah, and you'll get them. You'll get them immediately. And now Mike is gonna get some points from from referring you over too. So I've never just, done it before. Just, so I'll see. Yeah, you. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get. I think you get like twenty five thousand or thirty five thousand points. Uh, put just it on for referring hey, somebody over. Another thing, put it on your link tree. I put all of mine on my link tree, so I get referral points too. Like on my link tree, hey, you want to join up and travel for free with Chase? Click this link and it goes straight there. You want to travel with Amex? Yeah, put it on your link tree, people. Especially if you have a podcast, man. Mm. See, I'll, always bringing the nuggets, this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I love it. Wow. Well, I, I want to be respectful of your time, um, but before we come to the last question, I want to first acknowledge you and thank you again for coming on the show. Sure. I consider you a really good friend. Like you're just an awesome dude. I can't wait till we can hang out in person and get together and do some masterminding again and just like kick it and um, just kudos to you and your family, man, for all your success. And I love like your mission behind everything. Like I totally relate to that. And I feel like we're on similar tracks and um, yeah, man, just thank you. And where can the folks learn more about you and live, let thrive and all the cool stuff you got going on, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can follow us on IG, the live, let thrive page. You can follow me personally, Mike at Micah artist. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm up sometimes on clubhouse. I'm not in the rooms. All the, I actually I'm on clubhouse every day. I'm not in the rooms. I'm usually just typing in search and then finding people I need to connect with to kind of grow my business. But, uh, I'm on clubhouse every now and then, but yeah, if you want to follow us, IG is the best place, man. And, uh, truly thank you guys for having me on. This is actually my first short term rental podcast that I've been on. I'm going to try to hop on more. So, but yeah, this has been awesome, man. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man. All the chase was worth it. So oh, I am, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you, you, you came on and, and obviously man, just kind of like what Mike said, but, but also, um, I see being friends with you on IG and I think that's, that's, that's kind of like the, the cool thing about being friends and following people that, that you like is that you really get to see a glimpse into, into people's life. And, and a lot of the times you'll see if people are not about what you're actually about just by actually following them on, on IG and it's something super stupid, but like you see, like if you follow me on, on, on IG, you see what my life is like, because it's, it's on there and I don't keep my, my stuff private. It's all, it's all open and it's just, and it's just there. And I, I love your, I love seeing your stuff. You're just hustling. You're just spending time with your family. You're spending time with your kids. And it's just like, I, I support that and it's just been a pleasure to have you on here and kind of sharing sharing space with you. And if you're ever on my side of Florida, I would I would love to meet you. Oh, definitely. I'll definitely call yeah, you guys and I got to get you on Live, Let, Thrive. So yeah, let's do it, man. Whenever Absolutely. you want. Absolutely. Well, the last question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? My number one secret to success was just doing it. Like when my wife came to me that day and told me about short-term rentals, I could have sat around on it, uh, but it was just doing it. And not only just doing it, um, the, the, the biggest success I've had in the last two years was not only just doing it, but growing a team and partnering with people and really growing that way. Because uh, really at the end of the day, what you'll start to learn is to really grow in this business, it's about people and relationships. And once you get the people and relationships part down, it'll, everything will start coming to you. It'll manifest. So that's the biggest thing. Grow, network, network as much as you can. Talk to 10 people a day, tell them what you do and then serve. 
that's it. Mm. So good. I see so many people that are kind of afraid to tell people what they do, especially if they're doing this on the side initially. And Ian and I have talked about this, like my whole identity shift from like Mike, the accountant to like Mike, the short-term rental Airbnb guy. Like when you have that identity shift and you get comfortable, like telling people, you know, I was golfing the other day, just met some guy out on the golf course. You know, he was a financial planner. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, I'm a real estate investor focused on short-term rentals. He's like, Oh, that's cool. Like, what is that? Right. And it just sparks those conversations. But if you, the more, the more seeds you plant everywhere, the more opportunities are going to come your way. And it's not mm-hmm. about promoting yourself. It's having genuine conversation with people. Nobody likes that annoying, like sales guy. That's like trying to like sell you shit all the time. It's like just having conversations and actually engaging people and being interested in them. Deals are presented and closed on the golf course. I tell people that all the time. You get mm-hmm. pitchy when you try to set people down and show them this. Hey, I'm a short-term middle guy. We're out here having golf. It's casual. Mm-hmm. Can't beat it. 100%. And also, I would argue if you don't feel comfortable sharing your new hustle with the people around you, you may need to upgrade the rooms that you're in and the people that you're hanging out with. Because if the people that you've been friends with for a long time, they're supposed to be supporting you, make you feel ashamed, embarrassed, or doubtful about what you're choosing to invest your time in or what you're choosing and you're doing research on and you you know, listen to all the podcasts and done everything, um, maybe you just need a different group of people. That's facts, man. That's a fact. Mm. I love that. So good. Well, Micah, this was a pleasure, man. As he said, totally worth the hunt to get you on here. And uh, I, I guarantee this is going to be one of our most downloaded episodes because there was so many actionable, like, I know I'm going to go back and watch it and take notes because the stuff that you were talking about, man, was so good, like so good. So thank you again. Truly appreciate you, our friendship and your willingness to just share your experience with people. So thank you. Definitely. And thank you for having me on. And I um, hope I was able to provide value. And thank you very much for coming having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, brother. All right, everybody. We'll see you all next week. And uh, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.